everybody today's episode is brought to you by the raven cafe located at 142 north cortez street in historic downtown prescott arizona i love this place i eat there all the time and let me tell you why the raven cafe features a full all organic espresso bar and a wide variety of craft beers and wines their innovative menu is created with a focus on organic ingredients many of which come from local sources. So head on over there. Enjoy a relaxing and comfortable environment decorated with rotating art shows by local and regional visual artists. And on the weekends, a lineup of the best in up-and-coming local music. You don't want to miss out on the Raven Cafe. It's absolutely one of my favorite spots in town. So head on over to ravencafe.com and order online or stop by to catch a happy hour on their beautiful rooftop patio. Welcome to The Creative Convergence, an audible nexus of the creative arts. I'm your host, Candace Devine. Join me in conversation as we discuss the journey creatives take on their path to success. Hey everybody, today's guest is the lovely Stella Prado. Stella Prado is the Big Machine Label Group's West Coast Director of Promotion and Marketing, working with 49 radio stations in the West Coast country music format. Prior to her position at BMLG, she worked her way up through the ranks at the largest radio station in Los Angeles, Coast 103.5, starting as an unpaid intern and growing in her career to Program Director for Mark and Kim's Morning Show for over 20 years. If you'd like to learn more about Stella Prado, please see our show notes for links to her social accounts. Welcome to the podcast, The Creative Convergence. You know me, I'm your host, Candace Devine, and I am so excited about today's guest because she is a bright, shining light on earth. Like if to see her face is to just see a room light up. And I haven't had the privilege of sitting down and talking to her for years. For years it's been, Stella. Yes. Um, so today is very exciting for me. Please welcome Stella Prado to our podcast. She's a badass. She is a mogul. She is a mover and a shaker. And God knows she knows a lot about a lot of things. And the thing that I love most about her is that she is an empowered, strong, successful, incredible woman in the entertainment industry. And that's not always an easy road to take. So who are we talking about? Yeah. Wait, where are we? <laughs> so welcome, Stella. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I'm so thrilled. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm so thrilled. We're going to start at the very beginning. Where were you born? What was your family like as a youngster? Oh, wow. I'm glad you asked what my family was like and not me. Um, <laughs> I, both. I'll, I'll extend <laughs> that question to both. So I was born in Brazil, Sao Paulo, Brazil. See, I'm going to yeah. learn so much. I'm so excited. Wow. <laughs> Carry on, please. Portuguese is my first language. I actually dream in Portuguese still. Um, and I kind of do like the Ricky Ricardo thing. Sometimes I'll be speaking English and then a Portuguese word will come out. And my husband's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a yeah. second. You just put something in Portuguese, you know, but Catch he knows me up. A lot what of are you saying? Now. Catch me up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my brain doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I grew up, um, so my dad, so we all were born in Brazil. I have uh, two other siblings and my dad got a job or job offer out here and it was too good to pass up. And so he promised my mom that we that she was allowed to fly back to Brazil three times a year, and he would never look at the phone bill. Oh and my gosh, so, I love him for that. Yeah, <laughs> He's like let and, me put this in financial terms. You yeah. can call as many people as you want. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, it's crazy because they're both in heaven now. Yeah. And the timing, it's like they could have used WhatsApp now. They could have. I mean, there's so many. The phone bill used to be $2,000 to $4,000 a month. My mom would call her mom every single day and then would call her sisters and say the same thing she told her mom. And it was, it's, and I, I remember watching her do that growing up. Like I, it was just a normal thing. I didn't know the cost, you right. know? So let me but, ask you. So your mom was Brazilian from yes. Brazil and your yes. dad was not or? Was Brazilian also. So they both yeah. were Brazilian? Yes immigrants basically. Yes. And what did your dad do that his work brought him to the United States? So he's, uh, he was very into like computer IT stuff and things like that. 
cool. And so, uh, so yeah, so a company found him in Brazil and said um, it was only going to be a three month project. And the rest 1972, that was three months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so amazing. And it's so interesting to hear it from an IT perspective, even then, like as a, yeah. you know, so yeah. you guys were, you were then born in Brazil. I was born in Brazil and moved here when I was three months old. Oh, you were my a little tiny baby. Yeah. My brother was 10. My sister was five. My mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister did not know any like English, anything. It was crazy. And um, my dad went to night school to learn English. And my mom watched uh, soap operas and taught herself English. Well, and funny enough, you know, they say that now with the new babbles and with all these things, actually that's a great way to learn English because you're getting circumstance with words, right? So you're yes. seeing it in action and learning that yeah. if I grab for an apple or if I yeah. hug somebody yeah. or if I need a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's in a situational and, context. Right, and it's a must. So they were just like thrown into it, you know? Oh my gosh, so you're it, so brave. It's, it's, it's amazing because it's something I would never do. You know, <laughs> we, so we get very I, it, comfortable. Yeah, right? We get very yeah. comfortable. And I think Americans, not to generalize this, but because we tend to lead pop culture and a lot of those things, we get very comfortable that anywhere we go, there's somebody speaking English. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just amazing to uproot yeah. your family. And we're all very close. And we're very close in Brazil. I mean, last year at this time, my husband and I were in Brazil. And so, um, so I try to go there like every other year sometimes. I mean, if it works out. Um, but so my mom and my dad, they, they were just so close to their families that it's amazing how they just uprooted and came here. And then it was so fun when family would come out here because we'd go to Disneyland, Universal right. Studios, not <laughs> there, the stuff, the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and so... Um, so did they land then, in California then or where did they yes. settle? Okay. Yes, uh, they, they were in San Francisco for a little bit and then they ended up in, um, they ended up, we grew up in Temple City and get this wild quick story. Uh, they found a realtor and they found a home in Temple City. And um, and my dad wanted to do it all on his own. And so um, and so he didn't want help from, you know, my mom's side of, of, of the family and, and things like that. You mean monetarily? Yes. You, okay, yes. got it. And so, um, and so he told the realtor that he didn't have enough money for the down payment, but he'll get it soon. And she was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll cover the down payment. You just pay me back. And they were friends forever. You think I mean, that would happen today? Yeah, right? I mean, seriously. <laughs> My and husband's so in real estate. I guarantee you, we would never go, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I got this covered. I got this. You just pay me <laughs> back when you can. Like, and it was just a handshake. It was like not a contract. Remember, my dad oh, hardly man. spoke English. You know, I mean, this lady was amazing. She was just an angel. I, you and know, so, I am never not in awe of human decency and kindness and ways that yeah. people do accept. We get so inundated with ways that humans are terrible. Yeah, um, yeah, when I hear yeah. things like that, it just, I, I give re and renews my faith in humanity because that is just a genuine act of kindness that didn't need yeah. to be done. Right, right, right. And it right. changed the trajectory clearly of your oh. whole family's yeah. Life. Yeah. Yeah. We were, so we were in that Temple City house from 1972 to 1988. And then the Whittier quake happened in 1988 and scared my mom. So she wanted to be out of California, Yeah, but, and they put the house up for sale and it sold in a half hour. And so then my dad was like, I don't even know what state we want to live in. Like, what kind <laughs> of weather do we want? You know, yeah. every, every place has a catastrophe type of thing. Right. And so my mom's like, well, I don't know. My brother lived in a city uh, called Chino, which was like probably... Northern California? Uh, uh, no. Um, it's probably like 40 minutes away uh, towards San Diego. Oh, and so, and it was a I new was development. Chico. Chino. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Chino. Yeah. Chico is north and Chino And in is, Arizona, yeah. for our listeners, we have a Chino Valley out here too, so... Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, yes. Really quickly, what's funny is on the way to Chino, there is a 60 freeway and a 71. And my in-laws live in Prescott and there's a 60 and a 71. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm so excited knowing that. Like you and Mark Wallengren, he's been on this podcast too. I am going to wrangle the two of you and make you come visit me. Yes, wait. for sure. Can't wait. Yes, for sure. I promise. My next visit, I will come visit you because I, I love my in-laws. I think I love them more than my husband does. <laughs> and so I always tell him that because I beg him to go there. I'm like, oh my gosh! They all—they're just—they're amazing people, amazing people. 
And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm the one that cries when we leave. And my yeah. husband's like, honey, we'll be back soon. I'm like, why don't you cry? <laughs> I love it. So give but, me, so you guys moved to Chino. Were you, uh, at, at this point, were you a young kid? Were you? So a- I was a junior in high school. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. And that's actually where I met my husband. So the funny thing is, is my whole life, I went to private school okay. and I hated it, hated it. Hated the uniforms. High school was all girls. Hated that even more. And um, and so I made a deal with my parents, which was I will get straight A's if I go to public school for my last two years. And if I get a B, then you can send me to the private school. Well, let me rewind. That's pretty ambitious, honestly. As a freshman, I was supposed to go to a Catholic private school. And all my friends are going to Temple City High School. And that was like the cool thing to do, obviously. And so I failed on purpose the entrance exam for the Catholic school. Oh my gosh, you little spinster. And my, little, I like, didn't realize my parents were on the board. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I know how to work my way out oh, of this situation. Yeah. That's why when you asked about me at an early, Girls when tricky, the family man. was earlier, I'm like, I'm glad you didn't ask about me. No, well, I, I'm going to backtrack and make you tell me a little bit more of your younger self. Oh yeah. Because I do want to sure. know. But I do think it's really interesting. Girls are tricky because they're thinkers earlier, right? Like men are brilliant. Yeah. I love men too. But girls figure out working the system faster. Where oh, I think I, men work out, you know, brute strength, I'm tough, faster. I think women later get their empowered strength as they get older and men kind of go like, oh, maybe work smarter, not harder, right? Yeah, I fully agree with that, fully. And so so finishing the high school thing, I remember taking this test and paying attention to every single question because I wanted to get it wrong. And so um, I got, I think, two right, probably. I mean, I, so, and my parents were on, (laughs) yeah. The, my parents were on the board, so they were very familiar with this high school and they, they loved my family. And so the principal called the next day and I answered the phone and I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to tell my parents I didn't make it in because it's a really strict school. I was so excited. So I called my mom to the phone and I'm like listening. She's like, oh, 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 thank you. And I was like, she's not reacting the way I wanted to react. And the principal said, it must have just been a bad day for me. They'll let me in anyway. Oh, again, human kindness. <laughs> right, exactly. That exactly. also wouldn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And so uh, so I went unhappy and uh, told my parents the story years later. It was very funny. And so, uh, and so when it was time to move, I went to public school. It was the best two years of my life. I like... I really like came out of my shell. I was in cheerleading. I played all the sports and I met my husband. Okay, I want to get into that one, but I know we'll circle back around to that part. So I do want to ask in these younger years, in these formative teenage years and such, were you a little bit rebellious? And in being a little bit rebellious, were you already interested in music or the creative arts? Were you already somebody thinking like, I'm going to go do this thing? Or were you just kind of like, life's gravy. I just want to be with my friends. Were you a kid drawn to creative outlets or were you a kid that was just kind of like, I'll figure it out as I go? Okay. Very interesting question. So I will say that my younger years, um, I mean, even as a baby, my mom said I was horrible and cried all the time, but from three years old- Only with a mother's love can you say that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, yeah, you were my exactly. little baby, but you cried all the time and I couldn't stand you. You were rotten. <laughs> Um, well, I have to tell you, I was a brat and I remember it like yesterday. So from three years old to fifth grade, I was a brat. Like the things I would think about, like my mom would get a letter from her mom every day. And remember they spoke every day too. So what's the letter for? I mean, you already told her everything. So I was mad at my mom one day. I mean, this is this is how, this is one of the worst stories, I think. So please don't think any, <laughs> I'm any so worse. I'm glad you're sharing it. it. Please continue. It's pretty bad. I was mad at my mom one day. So I waited for the mailman and he arrived and I got the letter and gave my mom all the other mail and then got peanut butter and gave it to the dog. So the dog ate the letter. Oh my gosh. You thought of that. My brain wouldn't be, <laughs> I would have been like, how right? can I destroy I was, this letter? I'll burn it in the fire. I wouldn't have yeah. thought of that. Yeah. I was like in first grade. 
And my mom was looking all over for the letter. And I'm like, mom, your mom doesn't like you. Like she didn't, she didn't, I mean, I was mean. And then my dad was cutting the grass on that next Saturday and found pieces of the letter. And yeah, I got, I got caught. The I truth, always got the caught. The truth always comes out, Stella. The truth ultimately yes. always comes out. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I mean, I was just like, and it's funny because I was actually, I was telling my sister this story just a few days ago and we laugh about it. So I probably was in first or second grade. I don't know. And my mom asked her to warm up my bath for me. So my sister is, my sister has the kindest heart. I mean, she is opposite of me. Um, and my brother and my sister, (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because my sister is book smart and I'm street smart, but, and, and I have to say I'm kind also, but my sister, I mean, she, I, if there's a fly in the house, I bet she won't kill it. I bet she'll like cup it and then take it outside where I'm like, where's the flies water? Anyways. So she's warming up the bath for me and the bath is perfect. And then I remember telling myself, when do I push her in? And I just pushed her in and she was ready to go somewhere. And I, and then I ran to my mom and I said, Teresa fell in the bathtub and she came back and Teresa's like, you pushed me. I'm all, I did not, you fell in. And it was, I mean, I remember that like yesterday. Yeah. Isn't that sad? You were a little evil Knievel. You were just like, <laughs> let I me really stir the pot here for a second. Yeah. yeah. So, so did with that nature, did you have inklings to doing things your parents wouldn't have wanted you to do? like? Did you cover that stuff? Like, were you the kids sneaking out in high school to go see bands or be with the boys? And like, how did that work? You know what? I was the greatest after sixth grade. So seventh and eighth grade, I became like most popular in school because I didn't have that many friends uh, early on. Well, yeah, because you were a demon child. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was. Yeah, I was. I was. And I also always felt like I had a language barrier also because Portuguese was was the at-home language. And so a lot of times I didn't speak because I didn't know some words and things like that. Or I was just kind of like afraid to say the wrong word and things like that. Well, so, that's a really valid point though, to be cross. I mean, obviously you came here at three months old. You were born and raised here. You're American, yeah. but yeah. but to have a cross-cultural family, especially first generation, you know, yeah. between anywhere in the world, living styles might be different. Food might be different. You're, the way you yeah. exclaim or you share your thoughts are different. So, yeah. Some cultures are far more forward, some more subdued. You know, I mean, there is an element of like, I have one reality in my home versus one reality in my school life. So there, right. that's a very valid thing yeah. to be I said. mean, that's what I chalk it up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sticking to that story. <laughs> but yeah, so by the time you get to high school, you're popular, you're in cheerleading, you're doing all this active stuff. Yeah. And it was amazing because my parents at that early age, they were like, Oh, how is she going to be a teenager? You know, and and how are we going to handle her and all that? And they would give me a curfew of 10. I'd be home at nine. Um, I always told them where I was. I, I did once try to leave the house to go teeping with my friends, but as I was jumping the fence from our house to our neighbor's house, I got caught on the fence and my friends left because I was yelling and making too much noise because I was upside down and no one helped me. And so the neighbor's lights turned on and then my parents came outside and what are you doing? And I was like, that's not worth it. I'm not doing that anymore. I think that was my freshman year. And then after that, I told my parents that I'm missing out in the teeping world. And I mean, I literally, other than me being a brat, I lived in a Brady Bunch world. My family was amazing. My mom and dad, I think are the best parents in the entire planet. I just, oh my gosh. And they're both in heaven right now and they should party every day because they deserve, <laughs> deserve it. But I, um, I told my parents that everybody teepees and they're like, okay, we have a station wagon. We'll be the drivers. And at least we know where you're at. Oh my God. I so love everybody that. knew like every single weekend, my parents went and they had rules. Um, if we got caught teeping, the car would pull away. My parents would have nothing to <laughs> You're do gonna with have it. to run home. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so once, like once we got caught and some girls that, so they'd leave the back open of the station wagon, some girls jumped in and my parents would give them a few seconds once the light came on and then they would leave. And I got left behind once. And, uh, and then when they'd come back, sometimes it'd be 10, 20 minutes, like you're hiding behind a bush, you know? And, um, and then, uh, but they never, like, they never got caught. We'd get caught and the people never knew it was my parents. It was really funny. 
but they'd only allow teepee, never anything like eggs or anything like, you know, bad or anything like that. But that's how cool they were, you know? Like it was awesome. I love it. Yeah. And so, so so I was good. So I was good as I got older and I, um, loved music. Like my brother always, you know, sang in the mirror and I was his backup singer. Um, my brush was my microphone. Um, my mom played every single instrument you can think of. I mean, yes, yes. It was amazing. She never, she, she taught herself. She was um, I don't know what she you just call had that it. Musical ear. She could. She had that ear. Yeah. So she listened to a song and then she'd go out onto her piano or eventually they had an organ. Yeah. So our house sounded like a church sometimes because it was like organ music, and she would just listen to it and then play it. It was amazing, and um, and yeah. So we always grew up on Friday nights. We'd uh, my parents would dance and I would coming, dance with them. Coming from a Brazilian family, I was just going to ask that because in, in a lot of South American culture in general, there's a lot of beats, a lot of rhythm, a lot of dance, oh, yeah. a lot of oh, partner dancing, uh, you know, salsa, samba. Yeah. Samba, um, yeah. Was that in your home? Oh yeah, yeah. very much so. Like, So you I were mean, getting that Latin influence as well as whatever you were listening to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can ask my husband, it's too bad he's 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 working right now, but I mean, if there's good news, I'm dancing. Yeah. He's like, honey, you've never like delivered news going, guess what? I'm like, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Moving your body. You're like, I have stuff to tell you. <laughs> He's like, okay, at least I know it's good because she's moving. Yeah. If she's standing still, we have a problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we were all like just big dancers and, um, you know, lots of energy, lots right. of energy. Yeah. And so at this point, were you thinking like in your high school years, were you thinking you'd ever evolve into having a, a career in an outlet that involved either music or dance? Or were you kind of like, like, did you have any preconceived ideas of what you thought? Cause I think that's always an interesting part of time, right? High school is that. Right. And it's changed so much because I, there's that time where it was like, oh, you graduate high school, you either go on to college or you find your sweetheart, or you go right into the workforce. Were right, you in this right. place where you had a concept of what you would do after high school? Or were you kind of just like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I mean, well, that's funny you ask because in our family, college was not a question. It was mandatory. Okay. So it was just extended for school. And my brother followed in my dad's footsteps and my sister became a teacher. And I was really frustrated my freshman year of college because I was like, why don't I know what I want to be? Where did like, you go? I just thought, you know, you would just know. Right. Where did now, you go for college for your freshman year? Uh, Cal Poly Pomona. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So the funny thing is, is that, um, the funny thing is, is that uh, I listened to Coast. So it's Coast 103.5, which <laughs> is a gold contemporary. Yeah. I listened to that, like, probably starting eighth grade throughout my high school years. Yeah. But you don't admit that to people of your age <laughs> because- because it's then all the like, was, cheesy, easy listening music that your parents yeah, listen yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, Lionel Richie, yeah. Celine Dion, Phil <laughs> Collins, you know. I'm, Which you know, are I'm, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm supposed to listen to rock and all that right. hip stuff, you know. In fact, in high school, when I was still living in, Te- in Temple City, uh, somebody asked me, what station do I like? So I said K-Rock, which is a very rock and roll station. Totally. And they said, oh, well, let's go to a dance on Friday night. You're going to be blown away. And, um, oh, I forgot the DJ's name. He was really, really popular back then. But, uh, but he was at this high school dance and K-Rock was there. Candace, I had a headache the first five minutes that I was there. Someone bring me Lionel Richie. I can't do all this head banging. Right. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even know how to dance to the music. I was just like, this is too much. It was crazy. And so my parents were laughing really hard. I came home and told them and everything. And so, um, and so I never admitted it until we moved to Chino and, um, and then I, you know, formed a, 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 a clique of friends, which the friend was, uh, one of the friends was my husband now. Yeah. And, um, and I told them that I like coast yeah. now. Um, now I know I'm gonna, I'm kind of gonna, if you don't mind me jumping forward no, go ahead. of my life, cause it's really a random story. Go for it. So, so not only did I like coast all my life. Then, uh, so my junior and senior year is when I met my husband, but we were just really good friends. He dated my best friend. Um, my mom loved him. My mom always said, honey, why don't you go for Brian? I'm like, he's too quiet, you know, and I'm <laughs> hyper. 
And so not thinking that hyper and quiet goes well together. Sometimes but attract and balance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so after high school, we went our separate ways. He got married. I got married. Um, and, but before that we would go visit his girlfriend, um, a lot. And I felt very comfortable with him because he was dating. And so I didn't, you know, it, it was just, it was, it was just, he was very comforting for me and he was a good friend. And I knew he had a girlfriend, so there wasn't a motive. Yeah. And so, um, one day we we're in his car and we heard a song and I said, I love this song. It was on coast. <laughs> I said, I love this song. Let's listen to it. Yeah. And so he heard it and he's like, wow, that song is so pretty. He's all, let's call it our song. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And I thought, how funny, you know, we're not dating, but we have our song, you know, yeah. type of thing. And so Sounds now- like a little bit of confused emotions to me, but whatever. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward, he went his way, I went my way. Right. And, um, and so he got married in 94. I got married in 99 he had two girls. I didn't have any kids because a year after my marriage, I knew it was bad. Yeah. So thank God. And so, um, and we both ended up getting divorced, not knowing uh, in 2008. He lived in Dallas and I lived here in LA. And I was already working for Coast. Right. And so- And I just um, want to say this really quickly because you've referenced it a couple of times, but just for the listeners who don't know, Coast 103.5 is a massive radio station in Los Angeles that servers, services the greater LA County, right? So yes, it's, and it's, Orange County. And Orange yeah. County. So it's like the largest Yes, yes. radio. It, it, it's, it dominates. It's, yes, it is. Right. It, it's a huge radio station. And that's actually um, where you... Is radio. Right. And that's actually where you and I first met, which is, I will get into much later, but that's for the people listening when Stella refers to Coast, that's what she's talking about, is this yes. massive radio station that did play top 40 hits, adult contemporary, feel good, play yep. it at work, play it on your drive. It was set up to make you happy anywhere you are. Exactly. And that's it. I mean, I just, I, I, I loved it. It was like an extension of my family. The music felt good. And I just loved that radio station. And so, um, so, and so fast get divorced. forward. Yeah. 2008. Yeah, so fast forward. Um, I, my friend got me on Facebook. And Brian found me. He was my third friend on Facebook. Yeah. And so he was like, all he said was Stella. <laughs> and I wrote three pages of my life. Right. And so I explained to him that I got, I'm getting, oh, I got divorced. And he wrote back and I, and I said, I changed my name back and blah, blah. And he wrote back, uh, same here. I just kept my name. He said, I live in Dallas now, but I'm coming out to LA in April. This was February, uh, 2009. I'm coming out in April to LA for, uh, for work. Do you want to meet for dinner? And I was like, uh-oh. You were like, well, let's meet with another bow, couple. Bow. <laughs> so we went to dinner and we met with another couple. We closed the restaurant down. Ballet gave me my keys. I've never had ballet give they me my keys They're before. like, are you the owner of this car? Please yeah, take your exactly. keys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're not even bringing it around. You got to go find it. Three miles, three blocks down the street. Exactly. Exactly. It was very funny. And, um, and so to sum up my relationship really quick. So he found me in February. Uh, we had dinner in April. We started like dating in July or August, like calling it dating, you know, and I met the girls and, um, and his girls at the time were, uh, 11 and 13. So he told me he wasn't going to get married or right. anything he's, until the 11 year old is graduating from high school. Yeah. He's being a dad. And, um, first. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll wait. Maybe I'm not sure. Like, yeah. and I had, I, and I was working at coast 103.5. Okay, so that's time. important. Don't lose where you are because I did want to ask you that. Were you already, the, the interesting thing is you've loved this radio station all your life and then you got hired there. That did happen. Yes. So I don't want to yeah. lose that point because I do want to get back to that journey. Exactly. Finish exactly. your story. All right, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by our wonderful public school system here in Prescott, Arizona. The Prescott Unified School District has been serving children for over 150 years. And while the community and district has grown and changed considerably since 1868, the commitment to children, families, and the community remains the same to this day. PUSD welcomes all students, including those who live outside the district boundaries, because at Prescott Unified School District, every child, every day, Everywhere matters. Proceeds from your membership and our advertisers with Raven Productions goes directly to supporting the arts programs in the PUSD. 
I had a contract with them. So uh, we started dating, things like that. He proposed to me October, 2009. And then we talked about where we're going to live. And his divorce was really bad. And so he had, you know, the every other weekend visit right. and uh, every other week, well, one yeah. day. I mean, divorce is you know, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. For yeah. anybody. Kids, exactly. no kids. It's just complicated. Yeah. Exactly. So we said, you know, hey, you know, you can do, you can do flights. You can do stuff like that. He's like, okay, well, I'll move to LA. So we got engaged October, 2009. And we got married December 10th, 2009. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, yeah, we've been married for 11 years. It has been awesome. And our wedding song was that song that we heard in the car that yeah. our junior year. And it's called Where Are You Now by Jimmy Harnon. Oh, my gosh. And who is my boss for the record label that I work for now? His name is Jimmy Harnon. Shut the front door. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's How- unbelievable. And we'll go back to Coast, but just for everybody to know, I worked at Coast for 21 years. Yeah. And radio was my life. And then, um, and then I switched and I went into the record label world, which you, you still work with radio. Yeah. So, so hold, that thought. hold that thought. Cause I want to pick your brain on that. Cause that's a lot of stuff that m- the average person, especially right. emerging musicians and these kids who are being inspired by you, they don't know how some of this stuff works. So I do want right. to pick your brain on that from an, from an inside kind of perspective on knowledge, but going back, you got to work at coast. Where did yes. that show up for you in your life? How did that show up for you in your life? Okay. So my sophomore year of college, I was really frustrated because I still didn't have any idea of what I was going to do. Um, I'd asked several people, what do you think I should do? And, you know, no one has the answer. You don't know. My parents would throw out things. And, and my, my dad always said something that was really interesting. He always said, you want to work somewhere that if you had to work for free, what would you do? I, I love like, that advice because yeah. we, all, we all hear the, um, it's become kind of trite now, but that's saying, oh, if you find something you love, you never work again. And yeah. it's gotten to a point where, although there's so much credibility in that phrase, yes. but the way your dad phrase set it up, I think is even better because yeah. would you do what you're doing for free? And would you, right. how would you feel about it if you were exactly. doing it for free? Exactly. That's poignant. So, yeah. So, um, so I found out through the college, I found out that there was a, um, a personality test you could take and it kind of gears you into what you would be good at, you know, uh, with, uh, with a career path and things like that. Yeah. And, um, they actually had to pay extra. My parents had to pay extra for this test. It was like, uh, it was a semester, but you have to pay extra for it. And it's guaranteed to tell you what career path you should take type of thing. Or something and that like you can of, logically go, you will be good at this. You could succeed yes, at this. Yes. Whether it's your passion or not is up for you to decide, but here's what exactly. you are designed to be good at kind of. Exactly. Exactly. And I like, it, it was a, it was a Tuesday, Thursday class and it was just filling out a bunch of answers. I mean, just questions that you like, you know, uh, uh, do you like cows or do you like pigs? Do you have, I mean, (laughs) such random questions. I'm like, how are you guys going to figure out what I'm going to do in my career by asking me this? You know, it was was so random. And so at the end, the teacher went, we, we, everybody, you know, there was about, I'd say 20 students. Yeah. And he said that, um, he's been doing this for several years. One student did not come out with uh, a career thing. And, uh, and I was like, wow, you know, that poor person, you know, kind of got screwed. <laughs> Sucks for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> take it again. <laughs> Did you give him a refund? Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So he's calling out all the students and they're getting their paperwork and, and some people are happy. Some people look confused and I'm last. And I'm like, and he looks and he looks at me and he's like, so you're that student. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I said, what did, what did it come out to be? And he said, it says, TV or radio, not even a specific job. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? And he was like, well, what do you like more? And I said, I've always loved radio. And so the, um, the final for the class is to interview somebody in that position. Well, what position do I want? You know, type of thing. So that's when I decided to call Karen Sharp, who was on love songs. 
And because I always listen to love songs every night, like it just, oh you know, I would gosh. listen to it before I go to bed. I, you know, so funny is I haven't even thought about that till you just said it. And it, so much of my childhood, like driving in my mom's car late at night or getting home, yeah. so much of it now that you've said was love songs with Karen Sharp. I completely yeah. blocked that out. Love songs on the coast. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. And so, um, and so I called her up. And I explained to her that I'm doing a final and I need to interview her and I need a recorder on tape and a cassette tape. <laughs> and, um, and so she was like, yeah, you know, what day can you come in and stuff like that? So I was like, Again, wow. I'm just through, I'm just sewing together the through line here. That would never happen now. You no. could never call and get a radio DJ of any kind personally and say, no. I have a school report. Could I come interview and have them say, sure, when's good for you? Like, right. Would never happen now. You would get I mean, you would get some info at email. Some bot would email you back and go, "I'm so sorry, they're busy. Try back yeah, another time, or yeah. send your resume first. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So I went in like a few days later because I was like, the iron's hot. I'm so excited about this. And so, uh, so we recorded the interview and everything. And then I asked her, uh, "Do you have interns?" And she said. Um, no, we don't. The company doesn't believe in it, liability issues and stuff like that. And I said, oh, bummer. I said, well, let me give you my phone number. And when, or if you do, you know, let me know and call me up. And she's like, well, what's your schedule? And I said, well, I'm in college full-time and I work full-time right now. But since you're at night, you know, I'm, I do college Tuesdays and Thursdays and I work Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays and Tuesdays, uh, Tuesdays and Thursday afternoons I work. And so, you know, I, I, I can make it work. I said, just let me know. And she's like, okay, well, the next day she calls me and she's like, if you can get into the building, you could be my intern, but you have to arrive. <laughs> You're all, okay. You so am I, what am I not at- allowed to do? Am I not allowed to break windows? Am I not allowed to pick locks? What do you mean? Get into the building? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so she said, you can arrive after eight o'clock cause no one's in the building after that. And I was like, challenge accepted. I could totally do this. And so there's a guard downstairs. I remember when I, you know, walked in the first time and I might really be outdating myself, but I'm not sure if people remember the show, get smart with a bunch of doors. That's what it was at, um, coast coast 103 has moved three times. So this one was in downtown LA in kind of a scary, scary area. And so there was three doors you had to get to, to get into the station. Oh my gosh. One door was through she was security. Being very literal. She's like, if you can get in, yes, I'll hire so you. So one door was through security. Another door you just open. The other door I came to find out that was the receptionist, but the receptionist wasn't there. So she would push something with her foot, and that door would open. And so I figured it out. So I had to put her chair on that buzzer and make sure the chair doesn't wheel off, and then run to the door, open it, put her dry eraser between the door. And then throw the dry eraser on the floor and then I'd be in, right? So this poor receptionist every day would come and think, why is why my is dry eraser on the floor? <laughs> so, You're like, sorry, I was just breaking into a building in the most, like the least obstructive way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I drive in first night, super excited. I mean, oh my gosh, I can't, it was like Christmas. I walk in, security guards like, you can't just do that. Well, yeah, I mean, you're all, I mean, I did, but yes, I understand what you're saying. (laughs) And I'll never forget his name was Sam bless his soul. He's in heaven too. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's your name? And he's like, Sam. And I said, Sam, my name is Stella. Do I look like, I mean, if you call Karen, she'll tell you. And he's like, do I look like a criminal? Yeah, exactly. I said, if you call Karen, she'll tell you. He's like, well, she's on the air right now. I can't call her. And I'm like, we'll call her during a commercial. I said, but, and he's like, and so. I don't even know if I should say this or not. <laughs> Talking well, I'll say this and then later you can decide if you want to cut it out or not. <laughs> okay. But I paid him some money. That's awesome. I love that you said that. Because I mean, listen, you're resourceful and you're you like- You gotta do what you gotta let, do, right? Let, listen, this is a life opportunity for me and I am willing to put money where my mouth is that I am a safe human being. She wants me here. And the worst case scenario, I'm gonna lose my 50 bucks or whatever it is, like- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm willing to take the risk. It's a gamble. I'm, it's better than a, you know, red or black on a spinny wheel. Let's do well, it. Actually, it was 20. So that's pretty good. That is, that's amazing. 
I'm all for this. So, I'm all for this. I thought Sam was my best friend. Like, so then he told me about the doors and all that. And he gave me, he said, you'll have a few seconds to get in the first door. And I was like, oh, wow, this is not cool. And I was wearing heels. And so I run to the first door and he lets me in. And I was like, thanks, you know, and I get upstairs and I get in through the other door. You know, that took a hot second to figure that out. So the second night, so now I decided I got a schedule with her and it was Tuesday through Saturday, 8 p.m. to midnight. And I really don't know how I functioned in my life back then because I hardly had sleep. I lived, you I lived know at home how, with my parents. You want to know how? Because when you're between 18 and 25, yeah. You don't need sleep, apparently. You don't. You also you, don't need like good health or vegetables. You don't. <laughs> 18 to yeah. 25 is like a superhuman. I think back on how little I slept in that whole. Yeah. I had three yeah. jobs, performing, going to college full time, slept three to four hours a night and was totally fine. Drink yeah. too much, yeah. totally fine. Yeah. It, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And looking and back so, on it, you do that. You're like, how did I do that? Yeah. Yeah. And nowadays, the kids now, they're like, I have a part-time job. I'm exhausted. I'm like, oh, this I is, didn't walk. I didn't walk barefoot in the snow. But let me tell you what I did. <laughs> I do have to share this. This today is all about you, but I do have to share this. I remember my husband's little brother called us once when he was in college, and he's like, "Oh, I hope he hears this because he will laugh at me making fun of him." But he would call, and he was like, "Hey, I don't have any me time. I have twelve units." And I, I have a part-time job at a golf course one day a week and I, I don't have any me time. And I was like, what is me time? What are you talking about? And I, I did, I said, I go, honey, I think you're calling the wrong person. It, in college, I had 22 units and three jobs and no effing me time. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's true. I yeah. mean, and, and at that age, I'm surprised that I was, I don't think I was looking ahead in my life or anything. I was just loving it and having a blast and having fun. And I was learning. Um, in fact, I also went to a, a um, Academy of Radio Broadcasting, which if my parents only knew that was a waste of money, I was because say, I was going... Did you go to that before this job or during this job? No. So when I was interning... Okay. So rewind. Day one, got into the radio station with Sam. Paid off Sam. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Day two, Sam's like, what do you have for me? I'm like, oh, we're not going to do this every night. <laughs> he, was he was like, oh, like, I'm about to make a side hustle. <laughs> right, exactly. So I ordered him a pizza and I got him dinner. And then I asked him, so how is this on the weekends? Because I'm going to come on the weekends. Do you work Monday through Friday? Like, are you going to tell the Saturday guard? And he goes, he's all, listen, he's like, you're good. And I said, one day I'll make it up to you. I said, you know what? I mean, I have a feeling that this is going to work out for me. And he would like always laugh because I'll tell you guys more. But so I got on a pizza day three. I was very nervous, but he was like, okay, go in. I'm like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> so, uh, so you guys, I interned for five years wow. for free. And it didn't feel like five years. I, so I have to stop you there for one second because I, what I'm loving about these stories so far so much is it's, it rings so true to most people. You were somebody that showed up, had the follow through, saw an opportunity, took an opportunity. And all of that being guided on a whole lot of, I'm not sure what I want to do. And yeah. taking a personality test and getting a very broad, like you could do this or this. Okay, what do I do with that? Like so many people, I came out of the womb being like, I'm a star, you know, but like most people come out of the womb going, there's a lot to life. I could, I don't know. I don't know. And I love that at every step of these stories and anecdotes, you showed up with a good attitude. You did what you had to do, (laughs) but with a good attitude, created the follow through and took your dad's advice to heart, which was, would you do it for free? And would you enjoy it for free? And what are you going to learn if you have to do it for free? Right, right, right. And what are you going to do with that? And, and I, I loved every step of the way. So I was there for five years during the five years. Did I don't they finally know how... give you a key. Did they give you a key? <laughs> no, they didn't. They did not. They Whoa. did not. In fact, three years into it, uh, somebody opened the door for me and he was our HR guy. Uh, well, HR and building guy. And he's like, who are you? Cause he saw me on the videotape a lot. 
And, uh, and I was like, Oh, I said, I've been here for three years. Nobody's caught me. Are you going to like kick me out now? And he's like, so, you know, it's so what do you I do? told him everything. <laughs> and I mean, once I started really working at coast, which we'll get to that, we carpooled together. Oh my God, I mean, that's it's, it's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. So, but I had explained to him, like, I interned for Karen. I realized I don't, I can't have interns. I have a note saying I will not sue the company. I carefully go up and down the stairs. I help Karen a lot. I mean, please don't tell on me because I'm loving this. And he's like, okay, really cool guy. And, um, and so during those five years, um, I went to Academy Radio Broadcasting, which I taught them a lot of stuff because they were, they were teaching the students like old ways and coast was like more advanced. So I'm like, well, at coast, this is what they do, you know, right. type of thing. You're so like, let me share my I'm knowledge. Like let me share my knowledge of the actual working environment that yes. you want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I felt bad for the teachers because I'd be like, I raised my hand. I'm like, uh, well, at coast, we do this. And they're like, we just be quiet. You know, it was funny. And during those years, I think it was the fourth year, I realized that I did not want to be a DJ because I thought maybe I was going to want to be a DJ. I mean, obviously I talk a lot. You, you had, you have no problem interviewing me. Right. And so you're a sharer. I love it. <laughs> Overshare. It's okay. And we'll so, take it. And so, and so, um, so I decided, well, you know what, now's the time for me to be a DJ away, far away from everybody. So nobody can hear me a small station. And, uh, so I picked a station towards Palm Springs mm. and it was probably about 45 minutes away from where I was living at home in Chino and in the LA area, nobody can hear me. And that's what I was most worried about and very happy about. And I was a DJ for a, a radio station. It was a country station, which back then I hated country. That's so and funny. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget. My parents bought me, like I called it the country Bible. It was no joke about this thick. Yeah. And it was about every single country artist. So when I backsell the artist, I would uh, get a line from the country Bible and I'd highlight it so that I wouldn't say that line again. And then I would put the date that I would put it. So then I could say it, you know, weeks later, because everybody See, doesn't listen that, all the that time. That skill of like reworking a situation came in handy yeah. because you're oh, like, yeah. I, I know how to cover my own butt with what I'm going to put out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I wanted to sound like I loved the format and yeah. I love what I, I was doing. I didn't push you. You fell in the bathtub. <laughs> I've always known so, this country artist out of my country Bible. I know what exactly. I've said. Yeah. Garth Brooks and I, we go way yeah. back. Love that guy. <laughs> love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I did that for a year and realized that I didn't like it because when I made a mistake, I really... Um, I really gave myself a hard time. Yeah. Like I really did not, if I made a mistake early on on the show, I was like mad the rest of the show. And I was like, I, I have to learn to make a mistake and put it over my shoulder and just continue on. But I didn't. And then I'd listen to the rest of my show and it was horrible. And so that taught me a lot. Um, but I couldn't get past that. I couldn't, I, I did not want to make a mistake. And the more pressure I put on myself, the worse it was. You know what's so you know? interesting about that is you had the actual capability pre the technology technological revolution we have now. You had the ability to actually be in a workforce where you could review what you've done, like hear yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting yeah. when you think about radio in those terms because most people go to work and if they have a bad day and they don't get past it, they don't have a reflective space other than their own memory. Right, right, to, right. You had a capability of hearing yourself and and actually getting to analyze going, I don't know if this is very good. Right. Like, exactly. I don't know. what I would do. I know I've is, been with Karen for five years and this does not like, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I, and even if Karen made a mistake, I'd be like, Hey, move on. You, you know what? You're human. No one else caught that. And you have that written down in the paper, but nobody's, nobody knew you were going to say it that way. Right. So, okay, move on. Yeah. And I was fine as a coach, but if I did it myself, yeah, it I would get very mad. Yeah. And so, and, and, and I would put a cassette tape in at the radio station. And as I was driving home, cause it was far from home, cause I didn't want anybody to hear me. Um, then I would hear my whole show back. And so, you know, just to critique myself and stuff like that. And so during that time, I realized, you know what, I want to be behind the scenes in radio. I want to be in programming. I, and I felt it was very important to say that I was a DJ to 
the DJs that I'm going to work with saying, Hey, I did what you did. And I know it's hard and you're going to have those days, but I'm going to pick you back up and we're going to start over again. And there's there's an interesting point there too, because I think that's a valid um, learning curve assessment on any kind of work, but especially in the arts, having a sense of what other people do. Like I often talk about Dylan, who's our engineer here. Mm -hmm. I have been a studio rat for a long time. Can I engineer a record or put things together in Pro Tools? That is not my personal forte, but I have a definite appreciation and an understanding of what engineers and producers do so that when I'm in that studio, I am functioning with them at a level of respect and understanding. I think any workforce you go into, it's important to sit in the shoes of people you're going to be working with, at least for a short term, you know, so that when they're coming to you with their problems, you're like, one, I understand. Two, we're going to work through it together. And here's how I can support you because I do know what you're going through, which is really valid and important. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was so lucky enough uh, to do because at a radio station, everybody thinks it's just the DJ. They don't realize all the behind the scenes. Correct. And so once I realized that, um, and so five years into interning for free, uh, the assistant program director walks in late at night, like 10 o'clock at night into the studio, totally catches me off guard. He's like, <laughs> who are you? Like, I was like, I like own the radio station already. Like if you didn't catch me in five years, like I I run this place. You don't even know. The head bob is going, the fingers are going like, you should know me, mister. You know, or whatever. He's like, really? Do I pay your checks? (laughs) No, I don't make any money. But this is my station. (laughs) You can't kick me out of here because I work for free. So I had that attitude with him, which in fact, I talked to him today. And, um, and so, he was like, you've been here for how long? He's like, I have a job opening for the morning show. Why don't you apply for that? Now, I forgot to tell you, I think it was my fourth year working for free. Uh, huge fan of Coast again. I would listen to the Mark and Kim show every morning. Right. And I loved them. Yeah. I mean, They're oh great. my gosh, there was no other show. Yeah. So one night, Mark Wallengren walks into Karen yeah. And Karen's like, Mark, you can't tell about Stella. And I was like, that's Mark Wallingen. <laughs> I was like, wow. And he's telling Karen, I think it was about his 40th birthday party that he's having. And I was like, I oh would my die God. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just, oh my gosh. So Mark already knew me. Um, so when the, so fast forward to the five years and the assistant program director said they had an opening for the morning show. You were like, uh, sign me. He up. talked to Mark and Mark's like, oh, I remember bumping into her, you yeah. know, type of thing. I came in the next day, interviewed, bam, got the job, morning show assistant. And literally as a morning show assistant, I mean, you get there at like 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. It was crazy, but I still loved it. And, uh, and then, um, and then I picked, picked the brain of the promotions department, picked the brain of the engineering department. And I never wanted to be in that department. I knew I wanted to be in programming and behind the scenes with the DJs and stuff like that. Um, But I wanted to know what everybody did. I wanted to know how it all worked. Yeah. Learn the environment you're in. Exactly. See the chain of command. Know who does what. Exactly. Exactly. So I, you know, so being morning show assistant, you can leave at 10, but I chose to leave at two. And I just shadowed people, walked around, you know, took people out to lunch, you know, and just hung out just to learn and just absorb like a sponge everything because I was thinking maybe there is another department that I want to be in, you know, type of thing and, and stuff like that. But I, I was dead on with programming and I, the more and more, you know, I, I talk to people, I love programming and things like that. And so, um, so I literally from morning show assistant, then the morning show producer left, I got morning show producer, best job ever. Yeah. Sorry, but it was fun. A lot of fun. Uh, Then from morning show producer, I was promoted to assistant program director. Um, Then I was, this is the funny part. I was nominated for music director for an award. And I was not music director, but I won the award. (laughs) And so then they gave me that title. So I was assistant program director and music director. And the program director has been there for several years. Now, can I pause you? Can I pause you for just a second? Because it does beg the question for people listening who are not as savvy. 
Yes. A a program director does what versus a music director versus an assistant? Yeah. Let me explain. Yeah. Let me explain all the positions. So um, intern, free. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what what you need to know about interning. You're going to make no money. (laughs) Well, nowadays they do get paid or they get like school credit. So it's really good. Um, And in fact... Uh, before I left Coast, I will tell you that Coast does have an internship program. Oh, they yeah. evolved. That's wonderful. <laughs> so, anyways, I, so I'm sure they credit when, with you credit you with that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I did as an intern, just to let you know, um, I uh, I was Karen's helper. So behind the scenes, like I would make sure she's playing the correct commercials. Um, I'd make sure the next song is ready to go. Um, she worked with a lot of dedications. So as she was working with the dedications with the listeners. I was making sure we could play that song that they're requesting right. and things like that. So that's, that's what I did. And the night was um, pretty much four to five hours, but it felt like one minute. Cause you're like constantly moving. It was, it was, it was a blast. It was just, I had such um, a rush. Adrenaline. Right. Yeah. It was just, it was amazing. It was I amazing. Guess. And so, uh, and so that's, that's how, that's what I did as an intern morning show assistant. I assisted the morning show, which was Mark and Kim and the producer, but I basically assisted the producer. So anything the producer needed to do, um, if she needed me to communicate to, um, to Mark and Kim, or she would take care of Mark and I would take care of Kim and things like that. So I was just like, I was her go-to and she would tell me what to do and I would just do it type of thing. And then she decided to leave and I became morning show producer, which I now came up with an agenda every single day of topics we would talk about. So the night before I'd watch the news. So let's say, um, uh, let's see, there was, let's see. Oh gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Mark would remember in a second. That's so funny. Um, there was a news story. Um, oh gosh, I, 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 I know I'm going to mess this up, but I'll just make okay. it up. Let's say a lady was giving birth on the bus. Yeah. And so we called the lady the next day. I found her at a hospital and we spoke to her. Oh my God. You know, gosh. things like that. Oh my God. Like I loved, I loved the um just, you know, if if people if people didn't watch the news the night before, we'd also give them those fun stories that morning, you know, things like that. Yeah. And so um, and so I was in charge of pretty much what they're talking about. Also, we had station promotions that we had to do. So I would, you know, fill them in on that and we'd have to talk about that and things like that. Yeah. And that's morning show producing. And a lot of times we go travel. We worked a lot with Disney. So we did a lot of Disney World promotions. Right. I'd go with them to Disney World. It was very tough. So you very were really shaping job. the actual vibe of the show, really. I mean, your yeah. your your performers or your, you know, uh, voices like the Mark and Kims were executing right. your concepts on how to keep the show relevant and right, how right. to be integrated into the community and using right. local stories and right. putting that into the programming along with the music. Right. Exactly. Which exactly. is a big job. I can see how that would be really fun though. Yeah, it was, I, I had a blast. I had a blast. And Mark and Kim were so great I was going to say, with. especially with two radio DJs like that, who probably just jump on board. They're like, yeah, totally. Oh. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes I'd say the things we did off air, we would have won <laughs> like Emmy. <laughs> but I mean, but, you, you, know, not you every, guys not, would not know the things that happen off air. Yeah, I was like, say, not everything can make the final cut. <laughs> I mean, one day somebody sent us and, and we would do this stuff, which is so crazy. Random listeners sent us like these earwax sticks. And so, and you light, and we're on the oh, air. Yeah, you light them and it sucks out all yes. the stuff. <laughs> and, but we played a lot of music too. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Kim, do it. So I would put it in her ear and I'd light it. And then her earwax would go like, I mean, very little. Oh. I'm not saying she has a lot of earwax. But <laughs> I need to have Kim on and just go, so there's a rumor you have a lot of earwax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, but I mean, and then Mark did it and then I did it. And yeah. the morning show assistant did it. I mean, it was the thing. And then once we got delivered like a ton of donuts from a company called Krispy Kreme. Oh, and we yeah. were like, what is uh, this? What? that we're not eating that this and, little company and, that now nobody has ever heard of yeah <laughs> right and then and right before that we were like oh hey does somebody want to do a mcdonald's run because we're all starving yet in the back of the studio there was like 20 boxes of krispy kreme that nobody opened oh my god and and so then on the air 
I think Kim mentioned to Mark, hey, isn't it your time to buy? We're, you know, let's go to McDonald's and, you know, and I, and we'd always send the morning show assistant, poor guy. Yeah. Rodrigo was, yeah. was the morning show assistant. And, um, and Rodrigo la- loudly said, we have Krispy Kreme in the back of the studio here. Our phone lines lit up oh and everybody from, you know, the East coast was like Krispy Kreme. That is so popular. We ended up taking a bite and we were like, oh my gosh. My gosh. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode with Stella Prado. Be sure to tune in on Friday to get the second half of our conversation. So many great things she has to share. You're going to love it. So tune in Friday to catch part two with Stella Prado. Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our awesome sponsors, New Belgium. One of their beers, Voodoo Ranger IPA, is a favorite here at the Creative Convergence. Voodoo Ranger IPA is perfectly balanced with notes of guava, mango, and pineapple with a delicately bitter finish. For beer news and occasional mediocre advice, follow at Voodoo Ranger on Twitter and Instagram, where you will hear about what's new and where you can find Voodoo Ranger near you. Voodoo Ranger IPA. Drink responsibly. Live rangerously. Thank you for listening to The Creative Convergence, coming to you from Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Are you a professional in the arts and would like to share your story with us or a company that would like to advertise with us? Shoot us an email at contact at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Help support the arts by becoming a Raven Productions member. Get your perk card and be the first to know about all of our upcoming promotions, events, and online programming. Your membership will directly support the arts programs in our schools. Sign up today at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Until next time, be safe and enjoy the journey.